Welcome to HeCast, the official podcast of He Changed It. My name is Mike Chisholm. I am your host for this episode and every episode. Uh, you'd have to you'd have to take that hosting uh, the, the the ability to host this program. You'd have to take it from my cold dead hands. I love this so much. I'm so grateful to be doing this um, as always, and uh, I'm really excited for today's episode. I always start the episodes by talking about how excited I am, it, but it's it's fucking true, man. I am. I'm excited about this entire project that is he changed it uh, things are moving forward and uh it, watching this organic growth you know i was just saying to our guest today i was just saying before the before the uh, cameras turned on that it's it's so much fun because it's not happening fast enough but in a good way and uh i've been having to just kind of sit back and really be present and watch this happen because i think two or three years from now um things are going to be really really different and in a good way, but at the same time, there will be longing for the moment that I'm in right now. Remember when we were just building this thing? Remember when it was just starting to come up when we got our, our, our first time we got a hundredth listener or the first time that we had a podcast that did such and such or, 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 or other goals for He Changed It. It's just really cool to be a part of this. And I just want to thank every single uh, listener or viewer that we have that has come along with the ride as early adopters. And thanks for the people who have shared this. We ask that you'd continue to share it, get it out there. Um, folks, download the app, sign up for He Changed It. It's, it's evolving all the time. And uh, another thing that's happening and the reason that I'm excited is because people that we've talked to are evolving. And this is going to be another repeat guest. And I love these because the last time we talked to Luis, Alberto, Barty, uh, as, as, as we know him, the last time we talked to Barty, you know, he, he talked a lot about his story. He talked about some of the things that he has gone through, having some uh, mental illness challenges throughout his life that inflame uh, during different times of his life. His, 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 the PTSD he suffered as a firefighter. And that story is amazing. I mean, uh, if you haven't heard that podcast, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. Uh, Barty and I always have really good chats, really good exchanges with each other. Today, is he's returned. And, and it's exciting to have him back because we're going to not just talk about uh, where he was, but we're going to be talking about where he is now and where he's going. When I told somebody uh, who's a, who's a, a, an enthusiast of the podcast that Barty was coming back on, um, and I kind of talked about the context, this person got really excited and he said, oh, that's awesome because it's, it's neat to chart the journey of guys who have maybe been kicked in the balls a little bit. Maybe life has kicked him in the balls and, and they haven't... Um, and, 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 and seeing the recovery from that and the learnings that come from that and being able to teach each other that, that's a massive thing. And so my, my, the, the person who said this to me is really excited. Um, I know you're going to be too. Barty, thank you for coming back to be on HeCast. We said right from the start we were, gonna, we were always going to be there as we grew. And um, you're back again. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very, very busy schedule to talk to us a little bit about what's been going on in your life. Oh, thank you very much, Mike. Thanks for having me back. I really appreciate it. And it's always a pleasure. Man, uh, it's a pleasure for me too. And, and uh, you're a guy that inspires me. You've got a lot of cool things going on. Um, before, I guess before we get to the, um, the meat and the potatoes of this, of this podcast, I think that it's probably important that we set up a bit of a disclaimer here. Um, one of the things that Barty has been doing is, is a lot of investing and, and, and having a, a great deal of success in that. Um, he's going to tell his story a little bit and talk a, a bit about uh, where he's at. Now, now I want to be very, very clear that this podcast is not telling people to go take their mortgage money and go invest in something. This isn't what this podcast is all about. It's not about, you know, quick stock tips and things like that. That's not what it is, but more of a mentality of where he was at, where he's going and how he is getting there and the excitement and the success that is getting him there. Um, you know, and, and so let's disclaim that and just say, we're not, we're not giving you stock tips here. We're telling a story. And in that story is going to be uh, a bunch of investment stuff and how a man can really, at the end of the day, without, despite, without a, a background or without a, um, uh, a formal education can do a 180 
and can really start to find success in something they might not have imagined. Barty, if if I would have said to you when you were on the uh, on the force, when you're a firefighter, if I would have said to you, you know, five years, ten years from now, whatever, you will have made a small fortune investing money for yourself. Would you have believed me back then? <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, I uh, I wouldn't have. But uh, actually. Um, I did buy uh, my first stock in 2006 um, was Apple, a 950 a share. And unfortunately, I sold out in 2011. And then, yeah, when I was working in Vancouver in 2013, 2014, I mean, I was really struggling financially. And uh, I mean, I never would have thought my life would have changed as as drastically as it has in the last uh, six years. You just wouldn't have thought it. No, (laughs) no, it would just. And that's, you know, for people who have heard, because you've had some lows that are, are, are low. You've had some really low lows. And um, I just think about where you were when you're in those low lows. And I mean, if, if somebody would have been able to kind of like give you a photograph of where you're at now and show you that when you were in that lowest of low periods, is it even possible for people who are feeling that way to understand that the pendulum can swing so far the other way? Um, you know what, um, one of the things that has made me really appreciate um, my mental health is I have made, uh, I, I, I started making quite a bit of uh, really good returns back in 2015, 2016. And I did have a mental breakdown in, in 2019. And, but it just, it, it really showed me that uh, money uh, wasn't going to make me happy. And I really am kind of actually grateful for that because, you know, a lot of us always think that, okay, if I make X amount of money, my life is set and, you know, I'm not gonna have any other worries, but, you know, after going through that, uh, mental breakdown there, you know, it really made me focus on my mental health. Mm -hmm. So now that I've been able to combine, you know, still being able to be a successful stock trader along with, uh, you know, keeping on top of my mental health, you know, I'm on cloud nine right now. And, uh, and it's in, and now that I'm, I'm teaching others, it, um, I, I love it. I love seeing my students, uh, you know, start uh, taking their finances into their own hands. And when they message me saying, Hey, I had a successful trade on X today, blah, blah, blah. It, uh, it it's really gratifying. Well, that's really cool. And I want to, I want to get into you a little, into this a little bit with you because this is what you do full time now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty crazy. Uh, not having a background, not going to school for this, not any of that stuff. What do you, what do you do? Just get like a, like an E-Trade software from your local bank and then just start going? Like, how did this, how did this happen? Um, <laughs> so, um, I, uh, I'm actually, I am in school right now through the Canadian Securities Institution to get my uh, equities and derivatives license, yep. but it's all online. So um, I focus on that early, early, early in the mornings before I start doing my pre-market analysis. And, uh, but how it all started was, uh, like I said, like I, uh, you know, I had a really good, uh, you know, my first stock was Apple. And then, um, so I kind of always, since I was like 22, 23 years old, kind I did have like a, a little bit of a passion for investing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then when I got to the firefighting, you know, because you get a, you have a pension, you know, I didn't really focus on it. And then since I left the fire department, I'm like, you know what, I want to find something um, that was going to be able to give me um, an income from my laptop. And so what I did was uh, I started self-teaching myself and I, I became obsessed with it. I um, I went up north, and uh, when I was up north working in the oil and gas industry, on my downtime, you know, I just focused 120% on. Um, educating myself through books, through podcasts, through uh, YouTube channels and and learn, just self-learning. I mean, even in the shower, I would be listening to podcasts and I just, all, all I wanted to hear was finances, economics. And then that was also a, a really great time because that was kind of the boom of the cannabis sector. Right. And so I was able to get into a lot of these positions very early. And then in the height, in the, in the height of the, um, cannabis mania here in Canada, which was around uh, January 2018, Jan- uh, February 2018-ish, um, I came up with my own um, 
formula, which I which I realized that there was um, a lot of uh, over uh, speculation in the sector, and I actually sold out ninety percent of my portfolio in at the, almost at the height of the mania. And so I was, again, it was <laughs> I guess it was also a little bit of luck um, because like some of the stocks I was selling, I was selling some stocks for seven eight dollars that are now 20 30 cents wow uh, so, um so yeah it's just it's, it's taking a lot of uh self uh self self-teaching i guess and and uh and a lot of it now it's um um, you know, and something I, I, I'd like to your listeners to also understand is like a lot of it is the psychology of, you know, like when to buy, when to sell, you know, not being greedy, being, you know, Warren Buffett has a fantastic uh, quote that he says, you know, be be greedy when others are fearful and be fe- and be fearful when others are greedy. Right. So- well, and there's a lot of that going on right now. And I mean, um, this is where this is where, you know, we 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 make sure that we we put that line out there saying this isn't about tips and stuff necessarily, it's about mentality. Like I look at when people who were, you know, a plumber uh and are still a plumber, and they're giving me advice on a cryptocurrency to buy or something like that. Um, you know, it's it, a lot of people have a lot of opinions. And wading through all of those opinions, like cryptocurrency, I say that because that's, there's a lot of people talking about it right now. It's got a, it's got a buzz around it. And, um, and, and that, that Buffett, uh, quote that you just gave almost made it sound like when things have buzz around them, that's, that's when it's time to get out. (laughs) That's exactly, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, um, I mean, just, for example, today, um, uh, Bitcoin was down 15% in the morning, and that's that's uh, wiping out $150 billion in market value with a because it's got a market cap of uh, $1 trillion. Yeah. So that's, that's, you know, that's a fact, you know, that that's FOMO, right? Fear of missing out and people jumping in on it. And uh, and when I started reading, uh, you know, some of the comments and some of the, the uh, tr- um, investing uh, forums that I'm on and people saying, well, you know, uh, Bitcoin has the best uh, price to earnings ratio out of all the cryptocurrencies. And I, you know, it's like, you know what, I, it made me shake my hand because it's Bitcoin doesn't have a, a price to earnings ratio. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So well, and uh, this is, this is the problem. It's that you've got people um, giving advice like they're experts when they haven't done what you have done. Like you were, when you talked about how you got into this, the relentless study, the relentless podcast, the relentless, like you got into this, you jumped in with both feet. It's not like something that you've just decided to do. You have really, really gone down this path. And, and it sounds like many of the people who are reporting quote unquote um, don't have that same background or that same uh that same work ethic in 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 getting that deeper knowledge yeah and it's really unfortunate because it does give them the stock market a really bad reputation of like it's a it's a gamble um because if you really start to educate yourself you know you really understand that the stock market is you know people can do well you just have to educate yourself you have to think for yourself because if i would have thought just like everybody else did you know back in 2018 you know i wouldn't have been able to uh take those profits that i did and sell my portfolio almost at the at the peak you know and everyone has kept saying that oh these the stock is going to go to go to the x amount of you know dollar and value and this and that and i was like no if if you if you I like I came up with my own formula, like I said, and like I I I, th- I just think it's important to think for yourself and not to believe everything that you read in media, right? You know, because media is really good at hyping things up and also at scaring you. you yeah, I mean, so you have to think for yourself, and how you think for yourself is you educate yourself because education is power. So we just came through an American election recently. Um, and the reason I bring that up is because that's one of those things that makes people emotional. Whenever there's an election of any sort, this American election, in my opinion, uh, might have been the most polarized election in North America I've ever seen. Um, crazy stuff. And, and, and that's just one teeny tiny example of, 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 of an event that might make people emotional. And, and when it comes to investing and things like that, emotion, you talked about that earlier, managing the emotions within things, uh, not getting swept away by the frenzy of excitement, um, also not, if things go down, not 
um, you know, thinking all is lost and the sky is falling, that kind of a thing. How did you, how did you learn how to manage that? Was it just through the education? Did you do other stuff, uh, exercises in managing emotion, emotional management, things like that? Well, recently I've become really big into, um, I have a very uh, set schedule that I follow every morning. And the first thing that I do is start off with meditation. And that really seems to help me. And you know what? Um, I also find that even the music that I play when I'm trading, you know, when I'm getting myself prepared before the market opens, it's almost like I'm getting prepared to go play a sport, right? It's like, I got to get ramped up and I got to do, go through over my charts and I do my, you know, and I pay my, and I play my hip hop and my, and my Spanish music. But then when I actually start trading it's it's <laughs> i must be getting old because I, li- I listen to my jazz music nice. and i listen and I, and I put on mozart because that keeps me more zen and keep me keeps me more in focus and then that helps me a lot as well and i uh i just i focus on it and i treat it as just it's just numbers in your account right and and i know how to manage my accounts properly where i'm not going to over leverage myself on one trade and where you know what i mean like it's just and i also understand how to you know hedge on a play and I also trade options so you know like uh, there, there's once you get experience and once you get um, what w- once you start doing this for a few years you, you really start to uh, the experience really takes over and you don't have to and, and you become less emotion into it yeah well that's uh, and it sounds like that is one of the biggest tools you can have is not having emotion there um, what does the word hedge mean Hedge means that, so when a stock is, uh, so for example, uh, um, you know, like, okay, so you think that at one stock, you have you have a play, you're long in one stock, right? So you have a position, so you think it's going to go up, but you, no one could tell, no one here is, uh, uh, could tell the future. So what you do to offset that, um, you take a smaller position going short. So you also take another position just in case that stock goes down, that you're still making money. And I'll give you an example. So, you know, um, the cannabis sector has an exchange traded fund that is specifically for um, shorting the the sector. And so I own a position in that today. So today the Canadian and American cannabis, uh, stocks were down quite a bit, but I still made money because I had that, uh, exchange traded fund that shorted the, the sector. So shorting means you're, you're, you're going the opposite. You're bending against it. So even though some of my stocks going long were not making me money today, I still made money because I, my, my ETF that was going short on it. So that's what hedging means. Well, and I think that this is the kind of thing. So if we're talking about regular guys who are just, uh, you know, I, in 2008, they had the the phrase wall street and main street. And I, I don't know how much I, I, I like that phrase because of the way that it separates people. I think you of, 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 of many, there are, are one of many examples of people who are on main street that can learn how to play how wall street plays. So, uh, but at the same time, I, I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily get into that. Um, but I think about, I think about somebody who like yourself, who can put yourself in a position where all of this stuff um, makes so much sense. And then I think about other people who are, quote, Main Street people who just don't have any trust in the system, who, who think, OK, like being able to make money when stocks go down. Is that a like like when you look at this system here, does it make sense to you? Or are there parts where you kind of shake your head and you're like, yeah, just I don't I don't know. You know what? A lot of people don't like uh, uh, short people that short, but you know what? It uh, it it uh, there's a lot of corruption and and um, and um, misinformation by some of these uh, companies. So you know, like it's it's good to bet against them. You know what I mean? Like you know, because some not all of them are quality stocks. Like you know, um, you know, I have one specifically um, stock that I really love to short and take uh, op- put options on it in the Canadian in the it's, and it's one of the major uh, Canadian cannabis companies. Okay, and you know, and and then I do it because I know that there's that that the company is not ran properly. It loses hundreds of hundreds of millions of dollars every quarter. And so I'm not going to take a long position on it. So I make money going short on it. And it's not because and it's simply because I don't believe in the company and they're not doing, they're not running the, the, the company how it should be. So, 
Does that potentially hurt companies? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so like, is it a system where like, and is, is, is this sustainable that we have a system where there are businesses that are out there that are, that are, they're, they're throwing out their offerings and, and trying their best. And yet there's a system also in place where uh, people can make a whole lot of money. If that person goes out of business, is that sustainable? Do you think? You know what? It depends which stock you're talking about. Because, sure. for example, if we if we if we take into example what happened here last month with that Reddit uh, fiasco, and when you're talking about that, uh, everybody's talking about GameStop, and not because they go and get their latest copy of Street Fighter there. Yeah, you know what? Exactly. And it's, you know, is that legitimate? Like if you understand how to read financials, is that a legitimate company that's going to do well in the future? No, it's not. And that and that is why it was being shorted so heavily by hedge funds. And then it was a, and then it got squeezed out by all these uh, retail Reddit investors. And, uh, and you know what the really sad thing is, is that I read, uh, I'm sorry, I watched the interview of a gentleman who had bought in. I, I don't know how, like I thought, I think he started with like five or ten thousand dollars into into that uh, GameStop and he turned it into over a million dollars and he got asked on uh, on CNN by the by the uh, the by the interviewer if he was going to take some uh, some profits and he said no I am I believed in this company blah, blah blah and he said this when that stock was at about three hundred eighty dollars it is now at forty three dollars yeah just those to show you that as as humans we need to get you we need to decrease our level of greed yeah I mean that would play would have really set himself up properly for the rest of his life and it just it's unfortunate you know that he had such a great opportunity but I mean but shorting is just a part of the uh, it's just a part of stock trading. If you um, were to say you were building a company and, um, and, and you're doing, you know, you're doing the best of your ability to make that company grow and you get that place, knowing what you know now, would you make a second thought about if you were going to take that company public or not, because of um, this is the, these types of things are, are, are available, like, or are you more secure because you understand how the game works and you would have no problem taking your company public? Oh, you know what? Actually, that's uh, that's, uh, that's great that you bring that up because actually that's my end goal. That's something I'm trying to scale into, you know, within about uh, three to five years. My goal is to take a venture capital company public on the CSC. So yep. that's what I'm actually working towards. And, you know, I've, I, I, I'm a very, 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 very competitive person. So I really love the challenge of people trying to bet against me. So, you know, I would actually gladly like release as many short positions as I can. So to just to have people try to bet against me, because if it's a quality company, which I know it will be, then I have no doubts in my mind that they're not going to do well against me. So people can, um, uh, company owners and, and, and boards and things like that, they can protect themselves from, from, from this. They can, they can go public, but keep it in more shallow waters per se. They don't have to necessarily put themselves in a position with the shorting or are they at the mercy of, uh, the mercy of the game essentially as soon as they go public? Um, well, it depends what uh, what exchange you're going to be uh, okay. uh, listed on. So, like on the CSC, the Canadian Stock Exchange, the uh, uh, the TSX Venture, um, it's a lot more difficult to find uh, short uh, positions to, uh, to borrow through brokers. Right. But if you're on the Canadian Stock, if you're on the TSX or the Nasdaq or the New York Stock Exchange, then it's a lot easier to find um, shares to short. So it all depends what um, what uh, what exchange you're going to be uplisted on. But I mean, it, everyone has to release uh, X amount of uh, short positions in, in their in their portfolio in their share structure in their share structure. That has to happen no matter what. Yeah. Wow. It's uh, it's 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 a really interesting. Um, it's a really interesting uh, system, and. I mean, how long did it like you? You talk about all of this n- knowledge that you have uh, you have gained over the years as you've been doing this. It's ob- almost obsessive um, knowledge that you have have given to yourself. Do you think that like when you see you know um, regular folk out there who don't who haven't gone down this path and and they haven't gotten all of this knowledge, are you worried for those people or are you empowered by those people because you think that? anybody can kind of get this and anybody can work towards getting this level of knowledge. 
Uh, you know what? Uh, it's a tough question to, to answer, but uh, you know what? I, I, I think I truly believe that uh, anyone could within, um, you know, accomplish a lot in this world. It's just, you have to put in the time and effort. You have to be willing to sacrifice. And you know what? Like I, and, and to put my, and to start setting myself up to raise capital, I took off for a year and a half up North and I didn't spend a dime. You know what I mean? When I was, I was making good, uh, you know, money in the oil and, and all I did was like, not only did I, did I educate myself, but I, I invested every dollar and I became so frugal. <laughs> I would literally, I got so good at simple math. I, when I wouldn't, would go to the grocery store, I would look at a bottle of ketchup and be like, ah, this is $3 and 68 cents. And I would quickly do the math and be like, you know, I could buy, you know, 845 uh, shares of this penny stock. That's at three cents. And wow. I knew eventually, and I got really good at it. And like, I knew eventually that $3 and 65 cent bottle of ketchup was actually going to cost me, you know, 15, $20 down the road, because I was going to be able to turn that, put that small, even though a small amount of capital into, into the stock market. And that's just how I became. And that's, I just became really obsessed with it because I'm um, it's, it's, it's what I really love to do, to be honest with you. I, I really enjoy it. And, and I've been able to, uh, you know, take certain periods off, you know, where I'm just completely not looking at stocks for five or six months. And then I go and hit it really, really hard. Like I am right now. So, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I love when you said, talked about how, how you, you're feeling like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You, you kind of alluded to that. And I, you and I talked about this a little bit off camera and how good it actually feels when, um, however it happens, whether it's a, whether it's, it's a hobby or it's a total career, whatever that looks like, I think about hosting this podcast and I literally feel, um, it's like, it's like a musical harmony. It's like, oh, oh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And I mean, I don't do this as a career. I'm doing this to help candy out and to, and to do that. But I'm also exercising some of my interests. And one of my interests is broadcasting and talking to people and things like that. And it feels so good that it feels almost like harmony. It feels like, oh, yeah, that's exactly how I'm feeling. I'm sensing that this is how you're feeling right now. Oh man, every day I wake up, uh, <laughs> you know, super feeling super grateful and, and blessed, you know, like I, um, uh, you know, I don't, my, my commute to work is five steps <laughs> to, to my office and, and, uh, and there's a lot of uh, really great uh, incentives, uh, you know, to getting into this, but it's one of those careers that, you know, it's, I don't get a paycheck if, if I don't perform well, you know, I don't get, I don't, I don't get paid. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's one of those types of careers that the more effort you put into it, you're going to reap those rewards. You know, if you don't put in that effort, you're not going to do as well. It's not a nine to five. I don't get paid hourly. Um, so it's, 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 it's just one of those things I think that, um, that worked for some people. And so for some people, it doesn't. Well, and you, if you want to talk about success from a monetary standpoint, the vast majority of folks who uh, have a few more shekels than maybe other people might have, the vast majority of them are entrepreneurs. They're not ones who, who, who would work a nine to five. They're ones who um, are in control of what they bring in and they're in control of, of, of um, you know, their, their direct actions. They're not trading time for money. You know what I'm saying? There, mm-hmm. it's, it's something more than that. There are extra layers to it. Um, and, and they become, you know, business owners, you know, that's that old Kiyosaki uh, quadrant, you know, that cash flow quadrant, right? Employee, self-employed um, business owners and investors and how people can make money and they can quantify that and, 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 uh, and, 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 and make it more and more. You are basically taking your entire existence and you're, and you're putting it up against your work ethic and you've done well with it. Uh, yeah, I, I would, I would say so. <laughs> I, I don't mean to make you bashful, but like you've, you've had some success and I, I you know, you can you tell us what, however you want to tell us for your success, but I know that you've done well financially betting on yourself. And that's got to feel really good too. You don't have to tell us how much you've made or any of that stuff. You don't want to, but it must feel really good to bet on yourself and to win. You know what, especially after the life that I've had, you know, my ups and downs, you know what, and I've, Mm -hmm. 
I, I think when you, you know, like when I, I like, I don't know if I said this the last time we you interviewed me, but I've been working since I was nine years old with my dad. You know what I mean? He would take me, he'd wake me up and we would go uh, do a, do paper routes with him and in the middle of winter in Edmonton. And, and for a, from a very young age, I've been working and I've had a, I've had a strong work ethic. So, you know, and that's the thing I really love about this is like, you know, I loved firefighting as well, but you know what, like, you know, for me, it didn't matter if I was a great firefighter or just an okay firefighter, but because I was going to be the same level until I became a Lieutenant 15 years later, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's just not the mentality that I have in my heart or in my drive. I want to be able to, you know, do well, as they put in the effort, time and effort, you know what I mean? And, and I, and I think stock trading is one of those things that there is no cap on how much you can make. If you, if you get, you know, into, um, you know, if, if you get into a good rhythm and, and you understand, and, the, and if you understand the markets, because it's, it's not just about understanding fundamental technical analysis. It's like we talked about earlier, it's understanding the psychology, which is very important. Also, how to use social media as a tool. You know, it's also about, uh, you also need some, you know, obviously, everyone needs some luck as well right like i mean sure um, when i got into this was right at the uh, right at the almost at the beginning of the cannabis mania and then now i'm doing really well in the psychedelic uh kind of startup right now as well so you know it um it, it it's a time and place of being in the right situation as well you know you talk about the psychedelic startup we we, we just had uh, a gentleman um on the podcast who uh his entire He's got a a business model where they take people on safe psychedelic, um, you know, medicinal uh, healing um, retreats. And, 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 and it's, you hear about Oregon, Oregon has, uh, you know, they, they, they have decriminalized all drugs, uh, in the U S I mean, I think that's might be the first North American, uh, place that has done that. Um, you know, and psychedelics seem to be, uh, and, and, and medic- uh, plant-based medicines and things like that are seeming to be where the puck is going in a lot of ways. You're saying you're seeing that, uh, in the, in the investment world too. Well, I will tell you this. I was buying Numinous, uh, which is a fantastic, or I, you know, a disclaimer, I, I own uh, shares into the company, but I was buying this great company, Numinous, in September at 23 cents. And it is at the peak uh, in December, it hit $2.25. And, and so what do they do? They're in the psychedelic, like what's their... So what they do is uh, they're, they've been working with Health Canada the last year or so, and uh, they have, they're the first company in Canada to receive a license to cultivate and distribute uh, psych, uh, philosophin. So they're growing their own, their own magic mushrooms and they're yep. doing a lot of uh, research and development yep. um, with maps as well. And it's really fascinating the research uh, num- uh, uh, feedback that are coming back. And uh, th- what they're looking at doing is also um, they own clinics. They own one in Vancouver and they also own, they just purchased one in Montreal. So they're going to be doing these um uh, treatments for people that suffer from um, addiction, from PTSD, from anxiety, depression, and they're going to be taking them in almost like a uh, almost like a spa where you go in for three or four hours, and they have professional doctors that are trained, and they're going to you know you, you you're going to be doing your treatment, and then you're going to sit down with a therapist after, and it's just going to be really interesting how eventually how insurance companies uh, will start backing these treatments. And once also these these companies start developing bigger and start getting into the NASDAQ uh, and um, the Toronto Stock Exchange, these stocks are going to, I mean, skyrocket even more. Like I, I said, like I, I, I'm up by over a thousand percent in the matter of six months in, in, in this stock. And there's other ones as well that have done really, really well. And this is only the beginning. And the beautiful thing is that this isn't going to be like cannabis where, it, where they're going recreational. This is going to be for medical purposes. Right. And me, I'm so passionate about this. And that's one of the things as well is like when, once I, um, you know, I'm a very, I try to be a very socially conscious investor. And yeah. that's one of the, the themes of my, once I take a company public and as a venture capitalist, you're buying other companies, right? That's the point of a holding company. And that's going to be my theme. So I only invest in things that are going, uh, that, in, that help uh, society in my mind. You know what I mean, would I touch oil right now? 
I don't care if I can make a million dollars tomorrow. I would not touch oil for my own personal beliefs. But I myself, from I myself who suffers from not only bipolar but PTSD, I am 120 percent in 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 behind these new types of plant-based organic treatments because I have my I I see it I I view it from three different aspects. I I view it as somebody from who suffers from mental health issues. I yep. view it also from somebody that has seen uh, how um, irresponsible some doctors and psychiatrists are that they will, uh, somebody that is suffering, suffering from deep depression walks into the clinic and they don't even look at them. They just say, here, take these medications. You know what I mean? And these people go back to their houses. They take them for two weeks. They don't see any uh, response. They still feel horrible. So they take more and more. And what happens? Overdoses. And who's yep. the one that has to show up and do cardiac arrest on them? It's yep. not those doctors. It's us firefighters and paramedics. Wow. And, and, and on the third front is yep. I started, I studied neuroscience at the University of Concordia in 2016. So I've, I really have a strong fascination for the study of the brain and the mind. And psychiatry is one of the industries that is archaic. And um, it's it, if you understand the history of psychedelics in the last 50 years, you know, they were starting to do really great research in the 1960s. But unfortunately, Richard Nixon, um, you know, who is an extremely conservative man, you know, shut it all down. And for years, you know, there's this misconception that, you know, obviously there's a stereotype that if you do too much, yeah, you're going to, you know, start seeing lobsters in the sky. And you're going to be talking to Scooby-Doo. Sure. But if you do it properly, there's huge benefits to it. And it's actually helped me a lot as well. And I don't, and um, I, I just, I can't speak enough about um, how strongly and how bullish I am in this new emerging industry. Well, it's funny how, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're taking this from the investment standpoint and whatnot, but you've taken it from a bunch of other standpoints as well. Super interesting. A couple of things like, like, like he changed it, for example, I'll, I'll use that as an example, right? Um, business, but not just a business, it's a social enterprise. You know, it has that it has that social component to it. Um, we want to change the world. We want to make the world a better place. And I say we, but, you know, my wife and her team, they want to make the world a better place. And so they're building a company that's going to help do that. Um, I look at a lot of these and I mean, I hate using the word millennial because it just it loops in so many people. But but at the end of the day, the, I'm a Gen X or the generation past me, the younger generations, um, I'm hearing more and more and more from people that of that age that they want to uh, either work for or be a part of something or, or invest in or whatever in companies that are actually trying to make the planet a better place. And, and that social component is becoming um, it's becoming part of the, uh, of the national or the international uh, conversation. I'm hearing that a lot. And, uh, you know, so you take that part of it. Uh, Then you take the part about what you just said about, um, uh, psychedelics and the the, the misunderstandings, uh, the 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 half truths that we were told. Cannabis is probably the biggest example of that. But the the whole "just say no" campaign and and how um, really people were taught uh, incorrect information and things like that. It's really interesting how you're seeing these two massive social things, and there's many others too. But you're seeing it when you're reading the tea leaves on an investment side of things, it's almost like you're seeing little glimpses inside of the culture and what's happening with the culture from a a completely different microscope. And I find that fascinating. Thank you. Yeah, man, (laughs) that's really, really cool. I, um, so you would say now is would you attach that to pharmaceuticals cuz i think of pharmaceuticals and then i think of what you're talking about here and those two things don't sound the same are the pharmacy companies jumping in on say things like cannabis or some of these other things um you know what uh, that's actually a really great question and that's a big um you know uh speculative um component to this sector right now is that right now they're doing studies um they actually just started mindmed just started a new study last month out of uh their uh, research facility in switzerland to combine lsd with mdma for treatment of um i believe it was 
ADHD or depression. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, the point of it is it's like they have uh, interviewed the CEO of MindMed and he has uh, talked about possibly doing collaborations in the future. But right now they want to just not include any synthetic uh, pharmaceutical ingredients into these. They're, right now they're just, they're, they're growing um, uh, pharma grade uh, product that they're doing te- uh, clinical trials with. And then I think eventually that they might uh, consider, you know, combining them. Because if you think about it, like it could be a beautiful thing where if you combine, you know, um, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, psilocybin with a mood stabilizer, you know, it could maybe treat somebody with depression or, you know, with even with bipolar or something. Right. And, uh, and if you, uh, look up, you know, um, do some research, like a lot of people in Silicon Valley have been doing, have been microdosing with philocyphin and LSD for years, for over 10 years. I was reading about this stuff 10 years ago in, in news articles. And do you, have you ever seen the movie um, Limitless? Uh, absolutely. Love okay, that yeah. movie. Love exactly. that movie. I mean, me as well. And that's a really interesting thing about microdosing is that you interview if I've I've listened to a lot of these interviews and these people that are microdosing are they're not hippies. You know, these are really intelligent um, Silicon Valley uh, programmers that work for very, very large corporations over there. Mm -hmm. And they're saying like it really helps not only their creativity, their energy level, but it it, it affects their overall well-being in a positive manner just by microdosing. You know, so, I mean, I think the pos- I, I, I think there's no cap of where we could take this. And I mean, in that uh, uh, ETF that I was uh, mentioning that uh, b- before we started going on there, yep. that ETF about uh, the psychedelics um, actually has Johnson and Johnson into that fund. So they're, con- they're so in uh, and institutional investors are combining Johnson and Johnson, a company with a market cap of $454 billion yeah. with these ultra small caps in the psychedelic space that are like at 40, $50 million in market cap. So, you know, I definitely think there's going to be a, a connection, a correlation in due time, but people need to be patient because these clinical trials take years to yep. accomplish, you know, and it's also, also they're very capital intensive. So these companies are, do have the capital, but it's just going to be a waiting game and it's going to be, we're going to slowly see the progression over the next, you know, uh, year. But you know what, even in the last eight months, I've been really stunned of the growth so far in this industry. That's uh, it's, it, and, and you used the word earlier, speculative. And I mean, you know, when we, when we uh, put that word into, into play, the speculative is like, it's speculation. It's like, you know what, it's, it's investigation. It's, it's almost at that place where, you know, the end result is most certainly not going to be where things are at right now. They're, they're checking shit out. Right. And I can only imagine the, uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of excitement in, in everything that you're talking about here about people um, being able to, uh, you know, you, you bring up limitless and 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 improve their lives that much uh, with these things, and that's a big business. I mean, of course, it's going to be a big business. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. Do you do you study like certain sectors, or do you see them kind of pop up organically, and then you kind of group them and create your own sectors? You know what I make? Uh, I, I think uh, one of my strong uh, um, characteristics as an investor has been able to foreshadow uh, potential, like the future trends. And so I, I have my list of things that I like to invest in. So biotech, which is you know the the psychedelic space, you know, uh, uh, renewable energy, um, you know, cybersecurity, um, uh, AI, uh, you know, those are the types of things. Oh, um, you know, uh, cobalt, I I invest in cobalt mining stocks. And why? Because, uh, you know, all these car companies now switching over to electrical uh, vehicles, they need those lithium batteries and you need cobalt for that. So a derivative of that is investing in the mining of cobalt stocks. And, And so I, that's what I try to do. I try to look forward, not backwards. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. When you see guys like Elon Musk and real pioneers uh, talking about things like space mining and things like that, have you seen some of that stuff? I have. I have. It's... uh... 
you know what? Um, I understand what they're trying to do. Um, but in, in my personal opinion, I feel that we have so many problems here on earth that we shouldn't be even, I mean, I mean, it's kind of cool to think about we're going to be able to do like Elon Musk actually just did a podcast for Joe Rogan a couple of yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. And he was talking about that. He wants to have it like where people can, you know, take trips, you know what I mean? Just regular people can take the trips to Mars. But me personally, I'm like, in my opinion is, you know, really what's out there in Mars, you know, it's going to be, it's a lot of dirt you know what i mean um I, I think it's amazing for humankind in a way but at the same time it's like we have so many issues here on earth why aren't we spending those billions and billions of dollars here you know what i mean to to right. help our society here on earth but that's just my personal opinion no 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 i feel you i feel you it's just uh you know bezos is in the space game and some of these these titans of industry um are saying no 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 that's that's what they want to do like the idea i've read articles about you know mining asteroids and things like that and the the the, the elements that are on there um are are elements that are you know highly highly sought after here on earth and potentially other elements that kind of a thing it's just fascinating to me when you think about futurists and 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 the only reason i ask is you talk about ai and it's interesting hearing people's points of view on AI from an investment standpoint, though, you're in for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. That's super, super cool. Um, where are you living now, man? Uh, I'm in St. John's. That's uh, I'm out here in Newfoundland. Yeah. And so you're actually okay. So a lot of the world is is west of of of. You actually uh, have to wait for the markets to open. You're a half hour ahead of them, aren't you? Or an hour and a half? An hour and a half. Actually, here in Newfoundland, we have our own uh, we have our own uh, time zone. It's half hour uh, ahead of uh, Eastern time. An hour and a half ahead of Eastern time. An hour and a half. So yeah, the market opens at nine thirty. So yeah, I get to uh, to start uh, my stock trading at eleven. So it gives me my mornings to focus on uh, my pre market, and I, do, I study for my my uh, my school and uh, I meditate, and then sometimes I do this uh, a nice hike in the morning and watch a sunrise. So it's actually. Have you ever been out here? I, you know what? I haven't. I, and I want to so badly go out. Kenny and I keep talking about how um, as soon as he kind of gets on its own legs here, we're actually going to take a drive all the way across Canada and we're going to end up uh, in Newfoundland. We want to go to the farthest part east that we can. And uh, because we know how beautiful it is, like we've seen that it's stunning where you're living. You know what? I, I absolutely love it here. I've been a suitcase all across Canada and I feel that I'm finally ready to set some down some uh, roots here. And so, yeah, I, uh, I have my Airbnbs paid up until uh, June and then I'm going to leave the digital nomad lifestyle and start, uh, start looking for my own place here. Cause I really, uh, I, I love it here. The people are so friendly and uh, it's just a, a really great vibe here. And it's, it, you're out in nature within minutes and, and the cost of living is a lot less and uh, it's very safe. And uh, um, I'm, I hope you guys come out here next summer because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be taking my sailing uh, course uh, this spring. And so uh, I'll rent a sailing boat and take you guys around. You know, I'm sensing a trend. It's 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 like every time that Barty uh, masters something or, or gets proficient at something, you're constantly moving on to other things to to do. You're going to be a sailor soon, which is which is super, super awesome. Um, and, and, you know, guys who are stuck, let's let's just kind of close up here. Um, you are a guy who was stuck. You were not just stuck. You were a guy who was under siege. You were a guy who was in was was in a pit. And we talked a lot about that pit that you were in um, in the last podcast. And now you're the exact opposite of that. And I just there are so many guys out there that think that the place that they're in is permanent and they make uh, permanent decisions for temporary situations. Um, and, and you're kind of the poster child for that, man. When you talk about like all the things that are going on for you in your life, um, what do you have to say to guys who are in that place right now where they might be a little bit stuck or they might be in that pit or they might be in hot water? You know what, I think the very first thing that I could uh, suggest is uh, changing your train of thought. 
And I know it's a lot um, harder than, you know, it's, it's not that easy, but, you know, training your thing, just trade, just changing how you think and realizing that here in Canada, we have so many amazing options and, you know, I've hit rock bottom and we live in a country that we have so many opportunities here that, you know, when I, when, you know, I, I, I still have a beach house in El Salvador. And when I went back there the last time in 2018, it made really open up my eyes of how fortunate I am to be Canadian. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it's about uh, realizing that, you know, you just, we only have one life and, uh, and we got to make the most of it. And, and from my own experience, yeah, man, like when I left the fire department, I didn't know which direction I was going to go. And you know what, I, it used to stress me out. And there's been times in my life where I've, I've been financially not stable, but you know what, you, you got to believe in yourself more than anything. And you, and you got to be willing to make the change and you got to be willing to change the habits that you have, the bad habits. And, and you know what, uh, like get off of watching, you know, football all day on Sunday. Days, get off of you know watching so many uh, Netflix TV series and, and really take it into your own hands to educate yourself in something where you can progress and you can grow and you can you know provide a different type of lifestyle for yourself. I uh, I appreciate those words very very much. Uh, the idea of changing something um, it, it scares people, but the first thing that people need to change is their mindset. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate where you're coming from saying that because you've, you've walked the walk, you've walked the walk, you've been there. And, and, and so, you know, how to talk the talk, um, I guess, as we kind of close up now, um, so your goal is that you are going to teach people how to do this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've been teaching uh, students uh, the last few months and things are going well. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, I, I really, my end goal is to end up taking a company public within the next five years or so, but, uh, so scaling into, you know, trying to create, a, a, a good reputation for myself is very important. So, you know, now that I've been taking on students, my next goal is to create, uh, with, with the lessons plans that I, with the lesson plans that I've been creating for my students, I am now actually creating an online course which i'm going to produce this summer and then release it and i you know i feel that i could i could provide a better uh product uh for a better price than what's out there yeah and uh, it's going to be uh you know kind of uh overall um course where it's going to include technical analysis fundamental analysis the psychology of trading all the things we've talked about but also um you know include like a lot of like personal tips that have brought me success that you know you can't find in books and and really trying to motivate other people to take their finances into their own hands because there's that saying that you know uh, nobody should care more about your money than you and if and if that's not the case then there's a problem yes and and uh, and i think uh financial education is something that they don't teach in schools or in universities that much so it's something i'm really passionate about trying to help out others to motivate them and also educate them and show them that hey like i'm not a guy that you know has an, an mba from harvard like you can if i can do this you can do this as well. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the fact that um, you're, 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 you're not just going to get to the top of the mountaintop and take a look around and say, this is a nice view. The first thing you do is you look backwards and you're wanting to help other people get up to that top of that mountain too. And I appreciate that about you very, very much. I, uh, as, as you build this thing and once you're certified and you're going, you make sure you, we come back on again and we talk about that. Hopefully he changed it is that, uh, has made similar leaps and bounds in that time. And I just love that we're kind of all growing together here. Um, thank you so much, Barty, for taking time to come and talk to us more about what you got going on. And uh, I just, you, you make sure you keep us posted and we will do, of course do the same. And again, thank you so much for your support of He Changed It. You saw the vision of this thing way early on when it was just in its infancy. Thank you so much um, for, for, for supporting He Changed It the way you do. Yeah, no, no problem. I'm actually might be doing an interview here, a local interview with uh, with a media company here. So uh, if that's okay, I'm going to plug in your guys' platform. Oh, all right. If you got to do that, you got to do that. <laughs> no, no, dude. Thank you so much. We just appreciate the hell out of you so much, and and I I always uh, look forward to talking to you. I can't wait till we do it again. These times go by so fast, don't they, everybody? That's 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 it. We're we try and keep them at 45 minutes, but man, sometimes they just spill over, and that's what happens. So. Um, <laughs> 
that's another episode in the can. He cast the official podcast of He Changed It. Thank you so much for everything. Please feel free to share. Please feel free to subscribe. Please feel free to jump in, download the He Changed It app. And until the next time we talk, my name is Mike Chisholm. I am the host of He Cast, the official podcast of He Changed It. Go change something. <laughs>